this is analytics. And this podcast will be longer than usual due to I haven't recorded a podcast for the summer. And the introduction of the podcast is really bad. And when it got transcribed, it did not come out correctly. So I will be putting a link to the background information about climate change, the history of climate change. Um, Again, if you have any questions or anything, it will be linked and uh, you can just leave a message. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Hi, this is Alex. Um, the topic that I'm going to talk about, there's a preface to this, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you why particularly I'm going to pick this subject. So, here you go. Climate change is the most complex subject that I have done. It's the most complex subject today. This is a global climate change issue. There are so many layers that you know I can choose to speak on. I narrow down to a couple of areas, mostly uh. First of all, historical climate change and facts and stats about the climate change. And at some point, I'll do what we could do. Well, probably uh, when I discuss those topics, it will be mentioned. What will for now? Ugh, not, okay. What, what is now not going actually? Try to attempt not to be politicized over climate change. It should be instead uh, do uh, discuss about the some solutions and um, public possibilities and reality of climate change, uh, and also that. Seeing the results should be our ultimate end goal and job. Global warming wouldn't stop anyway until we see some solid results. Saying saying things that are discouraging and uh, and very shock provoking doesn't help. It doesn't help to progress more climate change targets and also yeah, well, another layer that includes geopolitical issues makes dealing with climate change more 
complex, more urgent, more important to find ways and find solutions to deal with with limited amount of compromises rather strong legal enforceable targets need to be done what do we need to be willing to do as people are willing to adapt to our lifestyles in a radical way which we as human species take a long time to change and we already took a long time to evolve unfortunately global warming uh, have not have not been improving much and it will continue until we can address um, the decommission of uh, polluting energies and also uh, producing power with various clean efficient energy that could be reused, recycled, and regenerate rather than just keep investing on just green energy it needs to be more than just green energy investment it needs to be a new way of resolving this myth issue humans haven't really fully catch up to the evolution right now um, we are very philosophic maybe I'm sorry the, for me this for me this is my way of saying I'm kind of philosophic about all these climate issues but as much as there's certainty if we don't understand our past and look back and continue to talk discuss and not divide but necessarily open up our minds we may be able to deal with this issue we'll be right back continue more about the history you know um, the way that I present the simulation has been not very because of that but all the information they are a bit scattered so 
this mode I will try to summarize uh, about uh, climate change uh, from the past and perhaps to present and give you a general idea. So during the uh, 1920s, um, it was even prior before 1920s, there were um, oil and gas already being development, but the greater uh, acceleration of oil and gas sector uh, in the United States and in the Middle East during the 1920s. Uh, the oil and fields were open, so that's one of the reasons or note a note with um, about oil and gas sector. In nineteen twenty seven, carbon emission from the fossil fuel burning industry reached one billion tons per year in nineteen twenty seven. Human population reached two billion in the nineteen thirty. And then and then we will look at the 1958. Using, I'm sorry, so Charles David Keeling in his systematic measurement of atmospheric CO2 in Manitoba, in Hawaii, and Antarctica. In them four years, project which continues today provides first unpredictable proof that CO2 concentration are rising in 1958. Um, in 1960, the human population reached 3 billion. In 1965, during the Johnson year, the president of Phi-3 Committee panel warns that greenhouse effect is a matter of real concern. In 1972, the first UN Environmental Conference in Stockholm. Climate change hardly registered on the agenda, which centered on issues such as chemical pollution, atomic bomb testing, and whaling. The Nation Environment Program is one as a result. Ninety-five population of the human reaches four billion people. So, nineteen seventy-five, U.S. scientist Wallace Brookhorn Booker put the term global warming into the public domain and the title of a scientific paper. And in 1987, human population reached 5 billion. And also, in 1987, the Montreal Protocol agreed on restricting chemicals that damage ozone layer. So, we are also looking at... 1989, going to 1989, carbon emission from fossil fuel burning and industry reached 6 billion tons per year. 
Ayan. Throughout the Nardis, uh, there were IPCC, there were various uh, protocols and earth summits. So, um, that you can see online in the news. You can read again when I link those links. And in 1999, human population reached 6 billion people. And uh, 2005, the Kyoto Protocol became international law for those countries that are still in it. So, and in 2006, the CERN review concludes that climate change could damage global GDP by up to 20% if left unchecked, but curbing it would cause about 1% of the global GDP. In 2006, carbon emission from fossil fuel burning industry reached 8 billion tons per year. And uh, in the 2007, IPCC for assessment report concludes that more than 90% likely that humanity, your emission greenhouse gases are responsible for the modern day climate change. And then, um, we will look at going forward to 2008. Uh, the key number we need to remember is 400 parts per million. Um, that was the highest, um, about over over millennia ago and now in 2008. Um, half a century after beginning observation of Mount Loa, the killing project so CO2 concentration have risen from 315 parts per million in 1958 to 318 parts per million in two 2008. So, that's what we need to look at the numbers. Um, we will continue after that. Hi, back again. Um, since there's so much information, I gotta try to link as many things as possible. So, um, gonna try to wrap up uh, these information. So, um, to go to a report that was released this year of the IP IPCC carbon report, um, region by region. Um, I'm gonna try for as much as I can. Um, in North and Central America, temperature will rise by more than global average. It is attributed to human influence. Um, so the extreme high temperature and global warming levels will continue 
Tropical cyclones, severe storms, and dust storms are expected to be more extreme. Relative sea level rise projected to increase along the coast and will cause increased coastal flooding and erosion. Ocean acidification along the coast and marine heat waves are projected to increase intensity and duration, while strong decline in glaciers, perforce of snow cover observed will continue. In Europe, Regardless of the future level of global warming, temperature will rise in all, all European areas at the rate exceeding global mean temperature changes. Something similar to uh, previous IPCC estimates. The frequency and intensity of the heat waves increase. In recent decades, the projector keep increasing and relative sea level will rise all European area except at the Baltic Sea at the rate closer to or exceeding global mean sea level and these changes are going to be continued beyond 2100 that's similar to North America Strong decline in glacier permafrost snow cover extent. Snow season duration at high altitudes. Observe and continue the warming world. In Latin America, IPCC said the temperature are going to be likely increase in all sub regions of the Latin America. We continue to do so at the rate faster than the global average. Mean participation rate is also projected to change. Expected northwest and southeast, South American decreases in northeast and southwest South America. So, um, glacier loss and permafrost again. This region are likely to continue in the Andes mountain range under all greenhouse gases emissions in the rose in the report, causing important reduction in river flow and high magnitude glacial lake outbursts, aridity, and agricultural drought are also ex to accelerate in a number of Latin American countries. In Africa, wave surface temperature increase has generally been more rapid in Africa than the global average, with human-induced climate change being the dominant driver. Marine heat waves have become more frequent in the twenty since the twentieth century and are projected to increase. Relative sea level has increased at a higher rate for over three decades in Africa. And this is likely to contribute continue contributing to increases in the frequency and severity.
severity close of flooding in low-lying areas Asia Heat extremes has increased while cold extreme has decreased in Asia This trend will continue in coming decades uh, So Fire weather season will lengthen and intensify especially in North Asia average and heavy participation participation rainfall will increase over much of Asia in small islands warming will continue into the 21st century the further increase of heat extreme and heat stress. Small islands will face more intense but can generally fewer tropical cyclones except in the central north pacific where frequency will increase. Ocean acidification will further increase. Polar regions Annual mean surface air temperature and participation will continue to increase during the 21st century under all access emission scenarios in both polar regions, Arctic and Antarctica regions. And Arctic will be dominated by rainfall and in Antarctica rainfall will increase over the coastal regions. Glaciers have lost mass in all polar regions in 2000 and will continue to lose mass for at least several decades even if the global temperature has stabilized. Both major ice sheets in Greenland and Antarctica have been losing mass since at least 1990, with the highest loss rate during 2010 to 2019, and it's going to be continuing. We'll be back again. Ah, back again. Um, okay, now we will talk about um, how today COVID crisis and climate change are um, linked, related, closely together, and why briefly about climate change and all these uh, um, diseases in the modern era come about. In the Rolling Stone magazine uh, last year, at the end of the year, um, it has an article saying how climate change is ushering a new pandemic era. A warming world expanding the range of deadly diseases risking an explosion of new zoonotic pathogens. I 
that muscular text which is probably true you can see that and there are a couple of examples that we can take a look at and uh, and now we can just say that the climate change is one of factor again uh, era, this new era of pandemics are complex the main driver of climate crisis is because of the glacial thermophores melting and stuff like that that can ev reactivate bacteria and viruses in the uh, arctic zone and antarctica zone and um, also um in tens of thousands of years uh arctic haven't seen too much daylight and um we will take a look at um the past again um about uh, diseases review them um briefly um the viral bacteria that causes cholera, a diarrheal disease, on big cities like London and New York in the 19th century, and still kills tens of thousands of a year, thrives in the warmer water. So now we have a warmer weather, like uh, we have to watch out for cholera even more nowadays. Um, and even more deadly strain of the same kind of bacteria called uh, bacteria called Vibrobacterium while rare has been detected more and more frequently bays and unitaries in the East Coast particularly around Shakespeare Bay and then that is uh, another type of Fibrofrelevicus. If you happen to eat selfish, it might give you a bad stomach ache. But in rare cases, it can be fatal if bacteria gets cut or wound. However, it can become fresh eating horror and kills one in five people who come in contact with it. But the biggest impact of the global climate change now may be the emergence of new pathogens from animal though intensified cultural habitat destruction and rising temperature we are forcing creatures which i mentioned before uh, to live by carnival rule of the global climate crisis adapt or die they had to adapt way quicker than they used to be in the Malaya years ago which don't expect people or any animal creature can do that in a rapid pace in a decade which usually takes Manalaya to do for many animals that means migrating to more hospitable environments so in one recent study, 
that track movement of 4,000 species over the past few decades, many 70% had moved almost of them see cooler lands water. Some animals have make back leaves, arctic cod have moved more than 120 miles per decade. In the Andes Mountains, South America, frogs and fungi species have climbed a quarter mile higher over the past 70 years. In Alaska, hunters discovering parasites from more than 950 miles southeast in Canada alive under the skin of wild birds. Tiny parasites that battle to rapidly changing temperature than large animals. Great white sharks are turning up far north as Maine. The wild exodus has begun. So, that's one part about global climate change, how affects animals, uh, other creatures, etc. So, gonna link that article and going to perhaps discuss more about global climate change effects in the current time and what we can do the next time. And till then, see you again. Bye.